and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 149. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are going to be closing out Star Trek Enterprise with the final three episodes of its fourth season. Demons, Terra Prime, and these are the voyages. Here we go. Demons, season four, episode 20, production number 420. Original air date, May 6th, 2005. Directed by LeVar Burton, written by Manny Cotto. Music composed by Paul Belergen. And Terra Prime, season four, episode 21, production number 421. Original air date, May 13th, 2005. Directed by Marvin B. Rush. Story by Judith Reeves Stevens and Garfield Reeves Stevens and Andre Bormanis. Teleplay by Judith Reeves Stevens, Garfield Reeves Stevens, and Manny Cotto. Music composed by Jay. Chataway. Guest cast on both episodes include Harry Groner as Nathan Samuels, Eric Pierpoint as Harris, Peter Minsa as Daniel Greaves, Patrick Fischler as Mercer, Adam Clark as Josiah, Steve Rankin as Colonel Philip Green, Joanna Watts as Gannett Brooks, Tom Bergeron as Corridon Ambassador, Peter Weller as John Frederick Paxton, Christine Romeo as Susan Curry, Gary Graham as Ambassador Sobal, Derek Magyar as Commander Kelby, Joel Swito as Ambassador Thoris, and Josh Holt as Ensign Massaro. Enterprise returns to Earth in order to attend the formation of the Coalition of Planets. Nathan Samuels, a United Earth government minister, gives a speech of the importance of aliens to work collaboratively. Soon after, a woman later identified as... Susan Corey staggers over to T'Pol and produces a vial containing a follicle of hair before collapsing and dying from a phaser wound. Back aboard Enterprise, Dr. Flox examines the DNA, learning it is from the child of Commander Tucker and Commander T'Pol. We learn later that John Frederick Paxton, the leader of the Terra Prime movement, is responsible. I've never been pregnant, Trip. Then how do you explain all of this? I can't. Do you believe me? Yeah. Demons and Terra Prime. Uh, yeah, sorry, folks, I forgot to mention at the top there, we are going to be discussing these two as one, uh, this two-parter, and then we'll have our separate uh, conversation for these other voyages. Steve, why don't you start us off on Demons and Terra Prime? Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I think these are uh, more or less entertaining, okay episodes. Um, I think um, what's what's fun is you have some um, some history there uh, with the some Trek Trek uh, history uh, with Colonel Green. Um, you have um, you know a lot most of the cast being involved in the story. You have. Um, some issues addressed that are um, are relevant and continue to um, come up um, periodically throughout history in terms of the xenophobia and uh, um, fear and and change and this kind of thing. Um, and uh, I think uh, you know there's there's some good action scenes too. Um, I think if if to kind of sum up my feelings on these is that if my primary thing that doesn't make these great episodes is that it's kind of um, there's some things that feel a bit convoluted I'm not a big fan Mm -hmm. of the uh, the uh, the Travis stuff I don't know it just feels stilted and uninteresting and just killing time and I'm and I think the the whole issue with the baby um, involved 
it's 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 almost like a step too far to get to that point like let's 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 get some dna to make this baby and it happens to be the of these two crew members and it's supposed to scare everybody thinking oh look humans can interbreed with other aliens and that's supposed to be the the key thing that that's that's kind of those are my thoughts initial thoughts yeah let's talk about that baby thing for a minute because mm-hmm. that one that one did throw me um does it seem like so they are saying that it's a that it's just it's DNA and then like a cloned created baby, right? Yeah, they said binary clone, which I have to okay. say. So it's it's have. a form of a clone. It's not like they harvested an egg and right. you know it's not like they did that. So am I am I just some evil, evil person for wondering why are they so quick to be to feel like parents and that's why my daughter and I'm not saying they should be like what is that thing? <laughs> um, but it does seem like there. It's just there's there's no conversation. There's no thought. It's immediate. This is our daughter, and you know she's that. Paul is acting like a mom, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It did, seems a bit did that feel weird, or, or am I just a um, horrible, horrible person? <laughs> You're just horrible, love. Brian. You're just horrible, Brian. Horrible. Okay. I'm kidding. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a, a, a hard to believe a bit. In terms of the the degree to which it was, you know, with, I mean, not that T'Pol is the most um, stoic Vulcan we've ever seen, but you know, to all of a sudden turn into you know the protective, um, you know, nurturing all this kind of thing just out of the blue, like snap your fingers, and then, and uh, well, you know. The the scene with Tucker and the, toward the end of the second episode and the the tears and all that. I mean, he does he does a great job. It's fantastic, but it does it does feel like wow, they sure got to a really quite a quite a point here after what's probably just a few days, you know, in the you know if that in the presence of this baby and even knowing they had a child, which you know they again binary clone, not you know, so, uh, I, yeah, it's I see what you're saying. Does that bother you at all, Caesar? Um, I think kind of probably the problem that I have with it, um, is, you know, you know, we've had this for the last two seasons. What, what are T'Pol and Tucker? What is their relationship? And it kind of formed and it didn't form and it never really fully evolved into something that was a real relationship. Um, obviously, you know, they found out the season was going to be canceled and then, you know, they weren't really going to be able to do much with it and they didn't really do a whole lot with it and i think for me that's where the um the disconnect happened it's like you know because when this episode started they weren't it's not like they were dating they weren't um you know the closest thing they got to was when tucker was going to leave the enterprise and then he decided to come back because she wanted to come back but they never really did anything after that so like i said the thing i think the disconnect for me was is like they're really not in a relationship and yet they have they kind of forced this upon them this you know this clone child and now they're now they're a family and i think that's where the disconnect for me happened um i think if they actually had a more formed and coherent relationship by this point it might make a little bit more sense yeah yeah i think it would have been i mean i know they're running running out of time running out of episodes in order to do it but it would have been more believable to see some kind of change and and evolution in their relationship, like some turning point as a result of what's happened here and not so much this instantaneous, oh, we're both the nurturing parents and we're, 
and we're just just turn that on and then it's over and the baby's gone and that's it and we move on you know that would have been interesting maybe you know but well it yeah. seems like they're they're hinting at that maybe. yeah yeah you know like whenever trip says the stuff about um Flock says actually humans and Vulcans could have a baby if they wanted, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. I mean, it seems like they're hinting about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to already start getting into, <laughs> we don't need to do more than we have to about, you know, right. um, these are the voyages. But if this had been, if these had been the last episodes, if they had left it on that bit of, if that had been the end, um, Trip saying to T'Pol, um, Flock says actually a Vulcan and a human maybe could have a baby and he hold, holds her hand or something, right? Mm-hmm. If that had been the end, I think you would have been left with the feeling of, um, oh, there's some hope. And I think these, these two might actually you know, get you know, together. Yeah. Um, that's what I felt like they were going for. Um, you can't really think that way because we've seen the next episode. Um, but well, well, I mean, that's, the, I'm not even talking about these are the voyages of quality yet. I'm just saying factually, it states that yes. mm-hmm. from here on out they are not together for the next six years or whatever. Well, that's if you believe if you believe a hologram from 200 years in the future. We really have no idea what that, that would happen to them. <laughs> but we'll get into well, that later. <laughs> we get to these are the voyages. Okay. Um, um, no, real, real quick, Brian. I know you haven't watched the special features, but I think Kodo said. Um, you know, if this when they wrote this, if the se- if the series didn't get canceled, the baby was going to live. But since it got canceled, they that's why the baby died, Elizabeth. That was the, that's what it hinged on. So all you people who didn't watch this show and didn't give it good enough ratings, you killed that baby. You killed the baby, you killed the baby. Yes, <laughs> baby killers. <laughs> you didn't watch this show for a baby killer. <laughs> uh. What did you guys think of um, um, Paxton make Starfleet great again? That's their slogan, right? Mm. I, I liked him. Yeah, I liked him better. It. In, I liked him better in Into Darkness. Oh. Well, um, I like the same character to me. I, I thought it was funny, actually. I thought he, the, he you know, what he kind of reminded me of here a little bit. This, this is the first time. I mean, I've seen this. I've definitely, this was like probably the third time, maybe the fourth time I've seen these episodes. And this is the first time I've ever had this thought. He feels like a little, he feels like a Bond villain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, when he, when all of a sudden like the the mining ship takes off and then they go and they land mm-hmm. on Mars, especially when they're landing on Mars. <laughs> this feels like a Bond movie. Moonraker here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the kind of Bond movie I'm usually not as big a fan of. When right. But, I mean, it is. They got that huge sequence where the heroes are just trapped and he's explaining the whole plan. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> true that, yeah. It really made me think a lot about it. Um I think he's actually, a good villain. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. it's like yeah. you're mad at him. It's like this guy, what a what a butthole, this guy. Yeah, just, well, yeah. P- Peter did a great job. I mean, he's a great actor. So yeah, yeah. he plays a good villain. He plays a good villain. He plays a good bad guy. He plays a good shot up cop. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, you know, I think he did a, I think he did a good job. But 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 I specifically, I I, he's it's definitely a similar character. You know, to yeah. into darkness, into darkness. He's, he's, he's a xenophobe as well. But here, um, I don't know. This this one is a little bit different. This one is a little bit more. Um, 
I guess shallow, but in a way scarier because of that. Um, it feels very timely, as we kind of hinted at. Yeah, it's um, scary a little no, bit. We, we've, in fact, I think we read an email recently. I know we have some conservative uh, listeners, and you know, we, we always try not to offend any people. Um, but I, I, no matter which side of the aisle you're on, if you're following the American presidential election as we record this in 2016, um, clearly there is a side that feels strongly about um, closing up the borders. And um, does xenophobia is, is a factual term, right? It, I mean, we have a little bit of a negative connotation to it, but it doesn't have a negative denotation, right? It's just a factual. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so. It's factual. I mean, and, and, you I can't know. offend somebody by saying that that um, uh, one side of the political spectrum right now is, is xenophobic. That's just a fact. Then, all right, that can't offend you, right? Right. You may you may think that's a good thing or a bad thing, but factually, okay. And certainly here, um, in this episode, we are saying that you know they're 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 saying that the xenophobes are bad. I think that's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you know, but it, yeah, it, it was, it was crazy that watching these, uh, these two episodes, I couldn't help but think the entire time about this crazy election that we've had for the last year. Um, and Hey, again, like my brother and my father, they're on the opposite side. And obviously I respect and love my brother and my father. So it's not like, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, call somebody out here, uh, well, I think I think what structurally what I enjoyed about the episode is it kind of all takes place in the solar system. You got Mars, you got the terraforming, you got Earth, um, and I I like that they kind of take on this issue of you know xen- of xenophobia, you know of this, you know like you know you could see this happening if you know aliens showed up tomorrow. There'd probably be a lot of people that would be like, oh, let's get them the hell out of here. So I like that I like that they explored this. They they hinted at it several times throughout enterprise um i thought you know watching this episode you know you know this is primarily what this episode these two episodes were about it would have been kind of nice maybe if they spent a little bit more time on earth messing yeah, we, with this storyline you know like remember you know, that that thing that flux you know right mm-hmm. in the bar right yeah was right they got back well that must be okay, okay so beginning of season four you know so this is not out of left field you know this mm-hmm. show set this attitude up um i did also here understand that if there had been another season this kind of thing would have gone on longer you know the terror mm-hmm. prime movement on and it totally makes sense and it also is that's that's what this series is you know was, was trying to do is showing a time closer to the present and sure. these kinds of issues i mean all the other treks on the whole you get this vibe of everyone's happy together and you know everyone's comfortable with the fact that there's aliens all over the place and that's just how it is but yeah yeah in reality as you said adam that you know if they landed tomorrow there'd be some issues i mean you know no matter how friendly they are you know so yeah um i have a serious question what do they mine on the moon? <laughs> rocks. <laughs> I, I thought the moon. I thought it was just worthless rock. They're mining something. Green cheese. <laughs> Colonel Green cheese. There you go. No. Nice transition okay. to Colonel Green. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks different. Didn't we see a picture of him in the original series? Or no, he they was, just yeah, talked about he, it. his like. Oh, he, he was actually in it. Yes. Yeah. Right. With Abe Lincoln, Abe Lincoln, right? Abe Lincoln yeah. episode? Yes. Yes. So they got the, the, 
Yeah, they got the they got the you know the hair color right and that kind of look. This guy in the image images seem taller and such. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know. Well, I remember uh, reading or hearing that Manny Cotto had ideas for doing a real mm-hmm. Colonel Green thing all for a long time. I don't know if they were actually going to do that had the show been um, renewed, but I think it was more like they found their chance to kind of get him in a little bit, and they did it here. But well, that's, the, that entire the, scene really is kind of about him, and it's kind of interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, the the idea was is like you know, um, Brent Spiner, you know, they were going to have Colonel Green play um, the the role. Not Colonel um, Green was going to play Brent Spiner. Before they got before Brent Spiner signed on to play Soong, um, the the villain in that 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 three parter was going to be Colonel Green. Oh, okay, yeah, that sounds kind of familiar. So anyway, so the, yeah, they still got him in here. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I kind of wonder, like, I normally forgive effects and things because it's, it's TV budget. This is one of the few times where I think maybe the effects held the episode back for me. I, I'm usually pretty open to that. And I, you know, um, but some of the CG effects were pretty dated looking and maybe they were just trying something ahead of of their time but some of that stuff They're probably just know, out of money it just they it lacked detail mm-hmm. in both in design and in resolution and it i don't know it felt like uh it felt like it held it back there was a lot of just big cg landscapes that hurt this episode for me which is i hate i gotta hate saying that i hate being the guy that like didn't look pretty enough you know? <laughs> But, yeah, but my, my guess would be they just kind of ran out of money towards the end of the season. You know, everything was they weren't gonna nobody was gonna put any extra money into CG effects by the time they got these episodes rolling out. Hmm. Do you guys remember when um, Part Two, Terror Prime, when it aired? Do you remember this? I was reminded of it during my research. It aired back to back with these other voyages. Yeah, I I had to get the dates, you know, for. I read at the top of the episodes, oh, and, right, yeah. and so I kind of I double checked it because I was saying, wait a minute, I found one source that says this and that, and then I have a vague recollection after I found those dates of saying, oh yeah, there was something weird about that airing order and or timing yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but it, it reminded me of at the time I thought that it was I thought it was going to be almost like a three parter, or you know mm-hmm. that, that there was more of a connection. Yeah. Because they aired part one, and then the next week they aired part two along with These Are the Voyages. It's kind of confusing. Um, Probably would have been better as a three-parter, right, Brian? That, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's so convoluted. Like Steve was saying, I think that's what holds this back. Yeah. You know, I think it, you know, like like the whole, like the baby thing. I didn't mind it at first, it only starts to really bother me once they actually find the baby, and then they're like, you know, mom and dad. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. That that didn't work for me. Um, also, uh, there's a lot of jumping around, like you were talking, you know, again, convoluted. Like, the stuff with the, we go back and forth with the minister, um, and there's like a lot of setup. Well, I didn't, I didn't tell you this stuff before, because I was actually in Terra Prime, but when I was really young. That ends up to, turns out to kind of not mean anything. You know, which makes mm-hmm. you feel like, well, why then we have this other scene and then this other scene? We've talked about this before, but when when it feels like filler, so they can do a two parter, then I start to really turn off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think demons and Terra Prime are bad. Um, 
I just think that uh, I think I don't know. It doesn't feel like Star Trek enough for me. Somehow, it feels a little um, like something else. Well, my feeling on you know the episodes are entertaining. I agree with both you and Steve that there's filler and you know, like I said, watching um, watching the special features after these episodes last night, I kind of get a better understanding of probably why they had more filler in this season than we probably would have cared for. And I think it just kind of all came down to money. Um, but you'll get that when you watch them later on, Brian. Um, I think what I enjoyed, I enjoyed the ends of these, ep- I enjoyed the end of um, Terra Prime. You know, I, I really enjoyed the scene with Phlox and um, um, the captain where he was talking about family. The scenes with Tucker and DePaul were really good. Um, you know, they they both did a really great job with that. Um, and then, you know, the, you know, the kind of the little speech that Archer gave, gave at the end, it, uh, it, you know, it felt, yeah, I mean, it felt, um, I, you know, the, the ends of these episodes kind of make, make me like them more because, you know, you kind of had these emotional scenes with the doctor and Archer, um, to Paul and Tucker. And then, you know, the end speech with, um, with Archer, you know, it felt like a wrap up. Talking about those end scenes, I actually liked uh, some of the stuff between uh, what was that journalist named Gannett? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, between her and Mayweather. I mean, especially when they the first their first couple of scenes. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was like it was almost startling. It's like, oh yeah, this isn't Mayweather. He's not just a <laughs> just a guy that sits at the console and is like an extra uh, with a name. He's an actual star of the show. You know, yeah. um, and it's been so long since we've seen him do anything. Um, but, you know, he's good. I, I think that uh, that's one of the things we'll talk about. I think that – I think my feelings on him changed over the course of this of watching it this time because my memory was that I think it's good they didn't give him anything to do because he was the weakest actor. Mm-hmm. I'm not – I I mean that actually may be true, but he's better than I gave him credit for. You know, I think he's, yeah. I think he's fine. I think he's good. And I think he's um, – you know, hey, a couple weeks ago when we did Mirror Darkly, he – Okay. No, no. Mm-hmm. Sato was the coolest looking, but Mayweather was the second coolest looking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they and, both have definitely improved. You know, if this yeah. if this series would have went on, you know, a few more years, I think we would have seen a lot, lot more out of those two. Because she was good this season too. I, and I liked what they did in this two episodes with her too. Yeah, I, I liked you know putting her on the on the bridge, like yeah. in the command. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah. There's a little bit of that. Let's give people something. Both of those, in a way, felt like you know we need to give them something to do here. We're at the end of the season, you know, you know. But, but, but I, I did. Yeah, I, I, you know, like I said, I thought that there was a bit. Something felt a little stilted, and unnatural with some of that stuff with the journalists, in my opinion. But the, I felt the stuff with Sato was, you know, it, it just she shined in that stuff. You know, she stood up, and you had. I mean, there's a little bit of the kind of stereotypical Star Trek, the guy in the suit. It's either a politician or a, or a diplomat. No, you know what? It's, it's slightly reminded me of um, probably because um, uh, Doomsday Machine is yeah maybe my favorite episode of the original series. But that uh, uh, Commodore, what's his name? Commodore. Uh, yeah. Decker. Decker. Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. Decker's dad. Yeah. Right. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Commodore Decker um, telling um, right. Yeah, that he, that he's going to take over the. Ship that um that's what it felt a little bit with uh the minister. No, you need to fire. And she's like <laughs> <laughs> But but I thought she did well in it. I I liked it, so whatever. But yeah, that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. And then, you know, Reed threw up in this episode, so that was good to see. You know? Barf bags? You know, yeah. That's good. Taking some <laughs> Official Starfleet barf bags. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, we got but to see you- Trip. Become uh, we got to see Trip become MacGyver, which I don't think we've seen in Star Trek. Before. And the music even seemed right. It for this. totally yeah. sounded like it, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I, I took a note of that. I'm like, no, you're not going to think that, but you something. To that. <laughs> yeah, that was on purpose, right? It had to be. Yeah, it didn't yeah. Sound like music from any other scene in the in the episode. <laughs> it sounded like MacGyver music. It sounded like he's music, like in the background. It was so. Uh, oh, that was cheesy. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that it feels a little bit like like people get, you know, their goodbyes. Like you were saying, Adam, you know, Flox has this bit about family and we get that moment between um Trip and Tapal. Um yeah. And then that's the end of the series, right? So that's where they end the whole series. Yeah, pretty much, really. If you think about it, that's that is really the, the last time we see them. So that's the end. Uh, what's what are these episodes about, guys? Um, I think we, do, you know, the xenophobia, you know, um, different, you know, different people coming together, you know, the you know the whole federation, you know, more people under the tent, the more people work together, the better things are, and then you have the opposite side of that where you know it's you know it's got to be pure. Um, there's a lot of questions about those two things in these two episodes. Yeah, you know, there, there's on some level, I'm sure there will always be this fight between xenophobia and um, the benefits of diversity. You know, I, I think overall, um, you know, the diversity and having more viewpoints and different backgrounds, all that together, coming together. Um, is is the is the is the positive thing you know we've seen in history that's the case i think i think that's what they're trying to say in these episodes is that there's always fear and it's understandable that uh people can be afraid of change and um new things but you know that's that's just the nature of existence overall i think these episodes are are fine they have moments of good um i think if these had been the final two episodes of the series it might have been a tiny bit disappointing, um, <laughs> but not near as much as what we're but about we would to talk have been, about. We would have been okay with it, I think. Um, I think the cast would have been okay with it too, from what I've been seeing. All right, let's do six degrees for demons and Terra Prime. Um, Adam. Yes. Peter Weller plays John Paxton, the melancholy xenophobe. He also played an admiral in the feature Star Trek Into Darkness. I'm asking you this question because I think you meshed Into Darkness first. Name his character oh. in Star Trek Into Darkness, the admiral. See, this is sad. I actually watched this movie about a month ago. Well, it's been a little over a month. Uh, I will take just his last name, but if you give me his first name, so much the better. Oh, fudge. Fudge. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. You can have it. Uh, you know, I was struggling, and then it just hit me the uh, the relationship with the. Yep. Yeah, Marcus. Right. Because uh, Carol Marcus is his daughter. Carol Marcus, Star Trek Two. Uh, Steve, Joel Sweto, Sweto, uh, plays the Andorian ambassador Thoris. In DS9's pilot emissary, he played the Cardassian Gull Jassad, who says to Jassad, 
There's your wormhole. <laughs> I just always remember that line. <laughs> you see, Jasad? There's your wormhole. See, I know this one. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Brian. <laughs> uh, Cisco? Nope. Adam? Kira. You're right. It was Kira. Jasad <laughs> uh, was there. Yeah, because I, I know the line too. There's your wormhole. <laughs> yep. That's a good imitation there too. That's... <laughs> his ship was like, you know, he was. He said he was like saying, "Where's Ducat and his ship?" And she said, "He went through the wormhole." And he's like, "I don't see a wormhole." That one, yeah. So, and then the wormhole shows up. She was very Go watch angry. the S nine pilot. It's a good episode. You'll like it. <laughs> she, was very, she was very angry in her pink uniform in those, yeah. um, those early days. Yeah. And there we have it, the end of Enterprise. <laughs> oh wait, I'm getting a message in my earpiece. I'm I'm being told there is an additional episode. Yes. No, it's a next generation episode. Oh. It? It's, right. a, it's well, actually a, a, a next generation episode we're going to watch, talk about next. All right, so let's do that then. These are the Voyages, Season 4, Episode 22, Production Number 422. Original air date, May 13th, 2005. Directed by Alan Croker. Written by Rick Berman and Brennan Braga. Music composed by Dorothy and Kevin Kiner. Guest cast include Jonathan Frakes as William Riker. Marina Sirtis as Deanna Troy. Jeffrey Combs as Shran. Brent Spiner as Data. Patrick Stewart on Luke Picard, voice in the end sequence. And William Shatner as James T. Kirk, also in the end sequence as voice. <laughs> The year is 2370. Commander William Riker aboard Enterprise D is troubled by the events of the Pegasus and seeks guidance. At Lieutenant Commander Deanna Troy's suggestion, Riker sets a hologram program to stardate 2161 to a time when the original Enterprise NX-01 is due to be decommissioned after 10 years of active service. The starship and its crew are also returning to Earth for the signing of the Federation Charter, and Captain Archer frets over the speech he will give to the assembled delegates. Been a hell of a run, Malcolm. I never thought it would come to an end. All good things. Captain thinks there'll be another Enterprise before too long. And I imagine it might be the same. That's okay. God help us. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I don't even want to start this. Yeah. 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 Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Right, I was going to say who, who I was going to ask who started the last one, but whoever wants to go ahead. I'll go. Um, so I think I remember being pretty vocal about this being one of my least favorite episodes of all time. I'm going to admit up front, I didn't dislike it as much as I did the first time I saw it just because I because I think I know what I was getting into is where when I first saw it I was like what the hell is this um, I think the biggest problem with this episode is um, it's a next generation episode it's not a Star Trek enterprise episode this is a this is a Star Trek next generation episode we see enterprise D you know, in this episode before we see the NX, we see many parts of the actual Enterprise D. And when we get to the end of this, it's going to be um, Riker who grew in this episode. It's not going to be any of our prime characters from the series that grew out of this episode. 
Um, I think this would have been an okay episode in the next generation um, 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 file of episodes. Um, maybe a two-parter with the actual episode Pegasus, but obviously that took place years before. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with our prime characters. I mean, this, this episode takes place 200 years after Enterprise. It's on a holodeck. So it's basically like reading, it would be basically, basically be like me reading about, um, our, a story about our founding fathers. So on July 4th, on July 4th. So, I mean, there would be just, it would just basically be hearsay and speculation. So literally nothing in this episode can you take actually happen to the crew of the um, NX Enterprise because it's well, just trips on death. One of the well, yeah, but I mean, how did those I mean, things? You could, you could take that as fact because that's going to be, have been recorded that yeah. he died then, right? So I think what I was telling you in our pregame pregame show is like you know it would have you know, and we'll get into this about the I think part of the problem with Enterprise it just didn't have any direction, but we'll get into that later. Um, I think <laughs> looking back, it would have been cool to have this episode in the middle of season four. And then actually have what actually happened be at the end of the season. But, you know, that's, that's just my Yeah, life. I mean, kind of, kind of what I wanted to say was, and I, I want to try to spin it as, we're going to talk, um, we're going to say a million things that are wrong with this. And, I, and I, I'm sure I'll agree with all of them. But I want to try to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I want to, I, want to, I want to try to say what, try to find, take 10 seconds or so to try to find something positive to say Absolutely. about it. Yes, please. And I, I think why people listen to our show. We, <laughs> we, we like Star Trek. Yeah, because conceptually, if you're a Trek fan with the canon and the connections and all that, there's something there, you know, in terms of... There was some part of me whenever Riker says, and, and at the beginning of the teaser, you know, and uh, holodeck program, um, I mean, aside from saying WTF, uh, <laughs> a little arch opens, and you can just see a couple feet of the Enterprise D corridor. Yeah, and there's some part of you, of course, that's like, oh, you yeah. know, yes, and we yes. love these characters. We love Troy. We love Riker. It's not that I don't want to see them. <laughs> yeah, can continue, Steve. But but yeah, but so that's that's the big thing, and then that that's that's something positive you can take from it oh that that's cool that's interesting whatever in terms of the you know putting this in a historical context and but the the, the big thing and now i'm going to start getting negative too fast but it's just how this is going to go um if i had a message for you know berman and braga and i think everyone's given them this message essentially is like i see what you're trying to do but this is not the way and now is not the time that's the problem you either if you do this, if you do it as it is, there's a lot of problems with the writing, and there's you know a lot of goofy crap. Sure, but so that needs to be tweaked out, and it sure does not need to be, should not be the last episode of this series because it's it's offensive. It's practically offensive that way. If you want to like have this stand alone, if you had like a situation where say you had the budget and the direction to say like you know what, you guys have been doing this 18 years, you can have an extra episode. But let's call it, I don't know what the heck you want to call it, but it's not the last episode of Star Trek Enterprise, and then try to put it all together, then you're going to have to go all out and do more than just this to make it, to sell it to fans and be interesting. But the, the essential problem is here, you take the last episode of, of this series, 
and you and it's and it's not good while the concept might be interesting it's not good and um it, it's it's just a disservice to this particular series you can't you can't go part way with this you can't write a lackluster episode in this fashion, put it at the tail end of a series, and that'd be it. If you wanted to do that, you're going to have to this, stand alone. You're going to have to go all the way out. These characters, these actors, this series, and fans of this series deserved better than this. They deserved something that respected this show. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, I, I totally agree. You know... 18 years of continuous Star Trek production. Crazy. Let's face it. That's probably never going to happen again in our lifetimes. Not only just that, but there were multiple series at one time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as of this podcast, we're a few months before Star Trek Discovery launches, and there are over 700 episodes of Star Trek. Like, all but, you know, but like, like, like 600 plus of those <laughs> were from this one run, you know? Mm-hmm. Um that is amazing. And I can see how you would want to close that out with something. You know, I understand where they were coming from. Um, I think even if the writing had been really great, we still would have been disappointed. I really think that. I, I honestly think that. At the end of seven years on Voyager... I was so disappointed that the whole point of the damn show was they're trying to get home and we don't even get 10 seconds with them at home. We don't get to see anybody get home. We don't get to see a single family member reunited. You know, it was like it, I, I'm, it's still gut-wrenching when I think about, about that. And I, feel like, I felt like I spent seven years watching that show and all these people dreaming of seeing their families again or whatever, and I didn't get any of that. You know, mm-hmm. and it was like, what was the point of your show? And you just negated it in the finale. You know, um, nobody would say that about all good things. Nobody would say that about um, what you leave behind. But I think it's fair to say that about what was Voyager's finale, Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sure as heck think it's fair to say that about these are the voyages. Now, these are the voyages. They actually try to have some moments. Um, closing stuff out with the characters um like you said there's a there's a little bit of a weirdness to it because part of you feels like i don't know i thought the best moment in this entire episode was when archer is about to go give his speech and he stops stops after and he looks back at paul no he doesn't even look back he just stops because she says something to him about you look heroic or something and he stops and then he just turns and he goes down and he hugs her you know, mm-hmm. like, and it felt like saying goodbye, you know, and, and that was the greatest moment in the entire episode. By the way, there wasn't any dialogue there. So that was more like performance than, than writing. <laughs> um, but that was the greatest moment in the whole episode. And like, like you said, Adam, we don't know that happened. <laughs> that might have just been some holodeck novel programmer's embellishment. Yep. Yes. You know, and if you, and if now anybody listening to our show, understands where I'm coming from, but I can see how like a non-Star Trek person would be like, what the hell is he talking about? If you're a Trekker, that makes sense to you. <laughs> Why, you know, I'd be upset about that makes sense to you. Um, but it, but if, if, if I imagine just plucking certain little bits out of this episode, like that storyline of 
skip, you know, skipping ahead uh, six years from the end, from the previous episode and seeing the formation of, I guess it's not actually the Federation. It's some charter thing that becomes Federation, whatever. But, you know, them going there for him to give this speech and everyone talking about where they're going to be leaving and going to all that. There, there are nuggets in there that I think could have been in just a, a, a 40, whatever, 42 minute episode that would have closed out the series and I would have been very happy with it. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this is. That's not what well, this yeah. is. I, well, I, pl- I can tell you. I'll remember the, my point. Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, you know, the plot driver of this episode is Shran and rescuing his baby, which I'm, I'm sorry. I love the character Shran, but it really wasn't all that interesting to me. The whole yeah. plot line of the, the you know, the, the driving dramatic force of this episode. Is it that um, or is it just Riker guess, trying to figure out? Yeah, do. I mean, on top of that, if you're not all that yeah. familiar with um, Next Gen or if you hadn't seen Pegasus in a number of years, you probably would have been confused about why he was even having this dilemma. I know they explain it a little bit. In yeah, the middle Steve, of- your spouse, had she seen Pegasus? Did she know what the hell was going on here? Um, I think she'd seen Pegasus, but, you know, she's not nearly into it as much. So I had to, like, go back and, oh, oh yeah, okay, I explain it, whatever. You know, it, it was like that, you know, oh, okay. so. I had to explain it. Yeah. No, and her- what, did the, what did she think of this episode? Well, when it was over, she just said it was pointless. Why'd they? Why'd Trip die? I mean, that was her initial reaction. Yeah, you know. Continue, we, Adam. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. This is a next generation episode. That's the biggest problem with this this episode. Let and, me um, tell you, I I know the exact moment where I said, "Nope, you lost me. This sucks," because <laughs> I try to be. And I'm I'm a reasonably intelligent guy, and I try to be open-minded. You know, even now, all these years later, remembering how painful the age of the voyages was. And and folks, we don't need to talk too much about this, but I literally lost sleep that night. The next time that <laughs> happened, I'm not kidding. I was up late, like I couldn't sleep. I was so upset. That's the the next time that happened was after JJ's first movie because of yeah, this yeah. thing we talked about before. Like literally, I I couldn't sleep that night. I think that's only happened to me twice in all my years of Star Trek fandom. It didn't even actually happen to me with Endgame, I don't think. Hmm. But it definitely happened to me here, okay? This was very upsetting at the time. And yeah. nobody knew that was coming. I mean, I remember seeing a trailer, a teaser, and, and seeing, you know, Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirius return. And I don't remember thinking, oh, that's going to be terrible. I don't know. <laughs> I, I remember being excited about, you know, them closing out this uh, you know, uh, I remember being excited that yes, they're ending the series, but they were given notice and they wrote something that's going to cl- it's for closing it out. You know, so this episode opens and there, yeah, there's a moment of WTF where Riker says end program, uh, but you know, I see the Enterprise D corridor and I let myself drink that wine. Get ten forward is you know, yep. uh, uh, ten forward and, and observation lounge right and. and you get the HD Enterprise D and the orders. Oh God, that is gorgeous! By the way, <laughs> looks beautiful. All those exteriors of the Enterprise D. It's something positive there. Yeah. yeah, you get asteroids um, flying outside the window. You get all the nice special effects. Yeah, stuff they couldn't do then. Um, you know, so like I said, it was a pretty good next generation. I remember. <laughs> I remember, like, you know, like maybe this will be good. You know, whatever. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an open-minded guy. The episode opens right there, and you're like a little bit of WTF, but I'm still with it. I'm still, you know, I, then I kind of see what they're doing. And it's more like when he's just observing 
you know, and it feels like it is a little bit more of a next gen episode and an enterprise episode at the same time. Still, maybe not what I want out of the finale, but I'm still kind of with it. I'm not hating it yet. Hmm. Anything interesting this little experiment might have yielded was completely and clearly lost for me the moment Riker Became starts interacting with somebody as the chef. <laughs> when he's talking to Paul as the chef, and it's so like, I'm just sitting here cutting and making my food, and then we're talking, and it's, it's meaningless. It's completely meaningless, and that's when I go from indifferent, hoping it's going to be good, to hating this episode, folks. I hate it. I hate it because that's those moments, they don't they they insult Enterprise. And then they, they have the Enterprise they have the, they have when, trips. the way he's talking to her, it's 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 just like this completely meaningless exercise. You are you and your show and your crew, you are nothing but a figment of an imagination from a computer. I mean it's it's meaningless and and i hate that and i know he's not playing it like that but you know what it says to me it says to me there's a reason Riker is not in the show there's a reason Riker was in the other shows those other shows next gen ds9 voyager they had a lot more in common with each other than any of them do with enterprise it doesn't match it's like a square peg in a round hole it doesn't work and then and then, like, when he's the chef again, and then he's, like, seeing all the different characters, it doesn't work. It's so bad that, like, I think normally, I think when, when you're shooting something, it's so hard to know. You know, you see a good movie, a bad movie, watch those things being shot. You cannot tell which, most of the time, you cannot tell which one's going to end up being a good movie or a bad movie. Because there's so many other things that go into the process. You know, there's so many little subtleties of performance that, that are being brought out or whatever it, through editing and music and all this. There's so much involved. I'll bet you when they were shooting this stuff with him as the chef, somebody was like, wow, this looks like crap. <laughs> this is going to suck. I'll bet you. I'll bet you. This is so bad to me that they must have thought that, you know, even think about like, why do I never remember the name of it? I must have pushed it out of my mind. The, the, the Enterprise episode with the lady in the dress running through the forest yeah, and Archer yeah, yeah, yeah. at night in a dream or whatever, you know, which in retrospect is probably the worst episode of Enterprise. Um, but, but even that, I, I bet when they were shooting it, maybe it looked cool. Maybe it could have been neat. No way here. Every time Riker's the chef, no way. It seems like, it seems like, um, like he's laughing at the whole show. You know, you're, you're four years. <laughs> the only reason you existed was to help me out of a tough spot. You know? <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> uh, I, I, have a quick, I have a quick question. Why did they have trips, chefs, or cooks scene after he died? Oh, oh that was my favorite. Let's do my note on this one. Where's my note? I got to see this. Yeah. So, so, then, so now we have, this is what I wrote down. So now we have a flashback within a holodeck program on a ship from another show? What? <laughs> <laughs> That. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't what? a very good scene between the two of them. It wasn't even like good term drama. The only thing it seemed to like, so the only thing they seemed to be, to be doing was it was for Riker's. Like, did you make your decision yet? And you get that little surprise look on Riker's yeah. face. Let me, let me That's what it was for. It wasn't even for Trip. It's like, okay, he's dead. Okay, let me back up to time, whatever here, so I yeah. can talk to yeah. Trip. The important thing here is something. not this main character from four years of the show, you know, getting killed. It's uh, whether or not I should talk to the captain in a show I made 15 years ago. Yeah. 
and and and, and I think this kind of goes without saying, I probably, but um, I get, you know, yeah, again, this is all just a holographic recreation. We don't, you know, there's we obviously there's certain facts we can assume are true because you know it's just how history is, but um. It, people's reaction to Tripp's death doesn't make any sense at all. It, it makes it even worse. I mean, what, what, oh my God! When they're when they're in here? that scene watching, like they're they're sitting down, getting ready for the big signing ceremony. Yeah, everyone's just like, it's like, oh, oh yeah. my God! These people are rather chipper, considering their friend of ten years just died. Not not four. No no no, no. not four. Ten. ten. Oh, and speaking ten of, right now, yes. this is their friend of ten years that they saw every single day. And Family speaking, by the time. And speaking yeah. of that, I mean, and they're cheaper so, for that signing ceremony. So how are these people different after the five plus years we haven't seen them? Well, they changed their hair. I mean, you know, you, there's nothing. They're in the same position. They're doing the same crap. They're getting ready to, but they, nothing happened. I mean, it's like it feels so weird. Not only did nothing happen, but you know, then one of them dies, and no one seems to give a rip. It doesn't. So, it, Steve, why? Steve, that's not entirely true. There was a new console on the. Bridge. <laughs> Come on now, give him some no, credit. Hey, but listen, when I originally thought, when it, when it, originally I thought, like remember the first time I ever saw it, I thought they were signing the Federation charter, uh-huh. you know, signing the Federation, and then it made sense to skip ahead because that's an important moment to see. But now, looking, you know, you watch it and you realize that's not actually what they're doing. They're doing something else that's going to turn into the Federation. So it's not even really the Federation. Right. <laughs> so in that case, why? Why do we need it at all? Yeah. Why couldn't it have just been the? Uh, I, I, why? I don't know. I don't know. Just, why wasn't yeah. it the next? Just anything. If you're going to insist on doing this, why? Why do this big jump and make it wacky in that way? I mean, it's got yeah, at least one element of wackiness here. You know, I mean, it's yeah. yeah. So Brian, um, so on the special features, the Braga, no, Braga didn't talk about it. So what? I mean, what? What do they have to say about it? I didn't. Well, for the last two years, I mean, I don't know about Berman, but definitely for the last few years, Braga, you know, in fact, not long after this, I think within a couple of years of this, Berman said, yeah, maybe that wasn't a, a, a good episode, you know, and over the years, he's gotten more extreme with that. Um, when I saw him on stage a couple of weeks ago at Was the- Berman or Braga? Braga. I don't think Berman's ever done. Okay. Certainly not in modern time. Times um, when I saw Braga on stage at the writers' panel panel at the 50th anniversary creation um, show in Vegas, and somebody asked about it. Which, by the way, I think somebody asked last year. You know, mm-hmm. uh, same question, and he had a similar answer. You know, and, and he just said, "I know what we were trying to do, but that episode." I mean, he had a longer, more thoughtful answer, but basically, he said, "You know." I think that our heart was in the right place. We were trying to do this Valentine for the fans. That's the word they used at the time. I remember even too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to do this Valentine for the fans, but that episode was a misfire, and that's not what we should have done. And uh, it wasn't fair to the Enterprise actors um, that they were not the stars of their own finale. Um, and he also he said one thing I remember is he said he said Scott Bakula is literally. And this is a writer. I think he knows what the word means. <laughs> he said, Scott Bakula is literally the nicest man I've ever met. I only saw him get mad. One time he got mad at me, and it was this episode. You know? Um, you know, I mean, it's probably pointless probably to kind of do, uh, you know, play like we're, you know, 
matters or how it has to be better when it is what it is. But, I mean, a way to make this interesting, if you, I mean, I don't know about, again, a series finale, but if you wanted to, like, say something in this, is do it kind of like style, like, let's have a little segment of here's the holodeck program, and then let's, I don't know how you would do this exactly, but then let's see it for real, you know, and see the difference. You know, I mean, yeah, that, that like would be an interesting kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, because, you know, I don't know, just not not even like, okay, the difference is being stupid cosmetic things like people's hair is different, but see like the nuances you don't see in history. And that would be like talking about something at least. I'm not saying it'd be a good finale, but that, that'd be an interesting, that'd be an interesting episode, I think. Well, or, or even if they would have done it like the, um, the Tribbles episode in Deep Space Nine, where, yes, the Cisco and, and crew are there, but it's not, you know, that... That approach would have been better to actually have the actual character Riker there for some, you know, time travel purposes. Um, that might have worked better. I don't know. Did you guys think that Riker is the least enthusiastic Mako ever? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see him firing his rifle? He's playing playing Doom up there on the blade. Yeah. yeah, he's doing. That's what I thought. Well, he's not a holodeck. He's not really all that scared. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah there's no drama not here. Like, this isn't really friend. happening. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> Is he talking to the audience? I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, I, I will... I think, who was it, Adam? Yeah, I think it was Adam. One of you guys who said uh, maybe this wasn't quite as painful or you didn't hate it as much this time because you had lowered expectations and you knew what to expect. And You know, I, I agree with that to an extent. I'm not going to lose any sleep tonight. Um, <laughs> and I... I tr- I really tried to um to allow myself to enjoy the stuff that I could enjoy in this episode, and I and I did feel emotional um, when Archer hugs to Paul. I I really did. I I really felt like mm-hmm. you know four years and there's your goodbye. You know I I felt that way. And Flock says his little out. You know right before that. Um, there 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 are good moments in here, and if you and if you just ignore. Which is not possible, <laughs> uh, but if I try to, to to ignore some of the other stuff, there are things in here to enjoy. Um, and so, by, by really trying to do that this time, um, it was um, a better experience than I've ever had with these other voyages. That's about the best I can say about it. Um, I th- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, like my wrap on it is, um, you know, I think we can kind of all agree in a, um, you know. This episode kind of felt like it invalidated Enterprise, um, which was disappointing, and that's what I was really disappointed. Yeah, I'll give JJ a little credit for using Enterprise in his last movie, and it kind of gave Enterprise a little bit more of validation. Like, okay, it does have it does have meaning in Star Trek can- um, canon. You know, it's it it is a it it has its place, and um. And I actually really did enjoy these are the vo- the end the end enterprises these are the voyages you know you had the um, D with Picard um, um, the original Enterprise with Kirk and um, finally Archer um, finishing it out that was a great little sequence there it was really quick I actually watched it two or three times I enjoyed that scene very much um, you know and we'll get into more about how we feel about this the the series as a whole in a minute but um, yeah I mean. It's Enterprise. It's Star Trek. I I still love it. I'm still sad that I know I know some of us might have been ready to be done, but I was like I was a little bit sad. I was like, okay, you get 
we do these we do these series and it's like oh okay now it's over and then we're gonna move on and i'll get over it in the next 30 minutes but yeah i mean i'll i'll miss these guys and and i'll miss the show um um because yeah, it is star trek and it does have meaning in this whole universe I was going to mention, I think I mentioned this in an episode in the past somewhere, but what's, um, I, I haven't read any um, Star Trek fiction, any of the novels in a long time, but I do remember one I read where they did this interesting twist that, in reality, Tucker was not killed there. That it was that was the notion, I mean, that was history told that story, but that's not really what happened. There was some kind of cover-up and Section 31 was involved. It was, it was an interesting idea, hmm. you know? But, <laughs> and so I guess there's a little part of me that's hopeful that this next series, given the time frame it's in, could erase <laughs> some, some, some of, of the stuff this episode. Well, we know the next series, Section 31, is featured somehow. Yeah. From, from some stuff that Fuller said. All right, guys, what is this episode about? Nothing. Um, it's, about, it's about Riker facing Captain Picard. Yeah, Riker. Well, that's Riker. that's that's the story. That's not. That's it's, not a meaning. It's about that somehow you have hours on end in the midst of a crisis to um, hang out on a holodeck <laughs> and uh, and get some uh, get some perspective so you can uh, make this choice. Yeah, dude. Do, do you guys remember Pegasus? He was stressed out that whole episode, and in this episode, because well, he's, he's trying to get that holodeck time. I mean, he barely had time to get off. <laughs> And he, a, and, he, and he like you know, had to color his hair guys, in between the scenes. Too. <laughs> Did you guys ever have the thought? Like I've had the thought. I wonder what it would feel like to watch Pegasus back to back with these other voyages. The only reason I've never tried it is because I hate these other voyages. <laughs> <laughs> Just the continuity alone. I mean, I guess yeah. You know what? You'd watch these other voyages first, right? So, well, what if you took both of them and you like cut them up and then like edited it? You know, so you go back and forth. Edit it together. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, they'd oh. really see the ten years difference on Jonathan. That's for sure. Um, no, seriously, give me something. Give me something for what this is about. What are they? What are they trying to make this episode about? Honestly, even if they're failing. Well, you know what? I it's it's not about any of our prime characters, so I don't know what they're trying to say here. Well, I mean, I, mean, I think I mean we can go we can go back and watch Pegasus and tell you what that that episode is about, and um, that's probably what that, this would, that would that would be what this episode is about because <laughs> this is a this is I say it again this is a Star Trek Next Generation episode. It's it's like it's where where do your loyalties lie? It's trust, you know. They do that whole bit where I mean, you know, Connor Trenier is 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 a, I think he's a great actor, and I I really enjoyed him in the, in this series, and they had. A, that scene as goofy as those scenes are as Riker as the chef and them talking but they had those that scene and you know and talking about you know uh what what uh, trust means you know and I mean or what what do you say it was a trust or was it when you trust someone not like trust someone like they're not going to steal your money or something like that mm-hmm. but trust yeah. someone like they they can't ever let something hurt you I, I like that I mean I, I wish it was in the <laughs> put in the context of a good episode but I like the idea of that you know and so basically of course the idea is that Riker realizes well you trust Picard of course and so I'm going to come clean and all that crap in that other episode that happened 15 years prior but yeah that's that's I mean I guess that's what they're trying to do did Reed mention actually all good things in this episode too? I forgot. I think he did. Sorry. Say the titles. They they needed another another acknowledgement to next gen there. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. didn't Archer have a toast to the next generation? Yeah. <laughs> but like what a kick in the butt. You know he was already upset about this episode. Oh, wow. And now in his own farewell episode, he has to toast the other show. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's like nice. take ten, like every time he's like going bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
to the next generation of buttheads. <laughs> Did I say that? What? I didn't mean that. Jonathan, you're not here, are you? Okay. Um, I would, you know, if, if nothing. I would actually like to see in a scene between um, Archer and Riker, or the chef. I don't know why, but no, I would not. Nope. I don't. <laughs> I didn't want any more chefs. That's a Mako. He could have been a Mako. Yeah, maybe that could be. That could be interesting. Uh, but no, nope. Did not need any more chef peeing on my show. All right. Let's do six degrees for these are the voyages. I believe you both have one. Yes. Um, Adam, you went first last time, right? Steve. Yes. Jonathan Frakes plays Commander William Riker. He previously played the transporter clone Thomas Riker on an episode of Next Gen and an episode of DS9. Name either. Uh, second chances. Very good. Just curious, do you remember the uh, DS9 episode? Um... It was tough and little. Oh, yeah, defiant. Right. Uh, Adam, which two next-gen features did Frakes direct? Um, first Contact. Yes. And um, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> which was called? Um, is that Insurrection? Yes, it was Insurrection. Okay, two to two, tied up for the day. Let's real quickly kind of look back on season four before we talk about the show as a whole, which... Uh, um, I don't know. Um, you know, so this ep- this season, my memory of this was that this was my favorite season, um, finale notwithstanding, um, because this seemed to have the right kind of amount of new and old. You know, like if you were going to do a prequel show, you know, it seemed like it was a retro-y thing, and that was an opportunity, and 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 an excuse uh, to do all this original series stuff, um, which at the time, you know, this is before the J.J. movies, before the Kelvin timeline movies. Um, but at the time, that was, that was had interesting possibilities. Um, and maybe a lot of that wasn't really realized in those first three seasons. But here in season four, it really does seem like, um, you know, what I got jive, jives with my memory, which is, it is still my favorite season of Enterprise, and uh, I enjoy all these little two and three parters. Um, gosh, you know what? I I I really enjoyed the stuff when they go to was it a two parter where they went to Vulcan? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's a three parter. Uh, I I think I enjoyed that way more than I remembered previously. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Good Star Trek stuff in there. Um, we all remember how much we loved In Mirror Darkly, and I think especially the part one um, held up. Um, so, yeah, you know, this, this season was, was one of the right, it, it, was, it, it had the right mix of old and new for me. Um, so it, it, it met my memories of being my, my overall favorite season, even if it doesn't have my favorite episode or two, just as a season. I think this is probably the most enjoyable one for me, especially coming off season three, which, while am- incredibly ambitious, frequently missed the mark for me. What about you guys? Just just thinking about season four. Yeah, I think we can kind of agree. You know, the the very first couple of episodes were a little bit shaky because we were yeah. coming out of season mm-hmm. three, and they kind of had to wrap all that up, and it was kind of weird. But once we got through the the World War II stuff, um, yeah, the season kind of really kind of took off. Starting with Home, Home was a good episode, and it kind of really set the tone for the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Um, you know, I we we've talked. These are the voyages. We've talked that to death. Um, but I think yeah, this is still my favorite season of Enterprise. Um, it's because you got a lot of that history. You got a lot of um, Vulcan. You got a lot of different races, things that were actually going on in the you know in the pre-Federation days and how these things formed. It was I think you know when we first started watching the series, at least the first two seasons. It lacked that. And if you go back and you watch a lot of the features and with the writers and producers and that kind of thing, you know, I think they um, they'll kind of agree that they kind of missed the mark with the first two seasons, and then you know they went into season three, and that was just something totally different. Um, but we got we got a lot of that in this season, and I'm um, I think the reason that we did get a lot of that in the season because I think they were all pretty much understood the fact that this was probably going to be their last season. It was going to, because they, what they came out of season three and they, they almost got canceled out of season three and they basically barely got a season four. So I think in a weird way, if, if the show would have, if they, if the show would have been doing fine and if it would have went on seven seasons, we wouldn't have gotten this jam packed season full of, you know, cool fan episodes about Vulcan, about the Romulans, about the Klingons, you know, Brent Spiner, you know, all that stuff. We might not have gotten that all. So it, it, in a way, it's kind of a silver lining that it ended after four seasons, after four seasons, because we got a lot of this cool stuff. Jet well, I will, I will remind listeners that um, Observer Effect is my single favorite episode of Enterprise, and that was in the middle of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other singles that I loved the most, like Dear Doctor, I mean, those are previous seasons, but um, my single... Favorite episode, the, the one episode of Enterprise that I think is in the top ten list of all Star Treks. You know, it's 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 maybe not above, you know, Inner Light or something, but it's it's on that list. Uh, the only uh, Enterprise episode that I think pulled that off was Observer Effect. I really do think it's that good. I really, truly, honestly do. And that was here in the fourth season. Mm-hmm. Steve, some season four thoughts from you? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you guys have said. I mean, I think it's the I think it's the best season. It's my favorite season. I think it's also kind of a uh, I mean, not to skip into the series as a whole, but I think it's kind of a lesson in that whole kind of um, you know you know live like you're dying kind of idea. You know, take take chances and and because I think like you kind of carpe diem. Yes, because. Ultimately, it's like, what do you really want to do? Well, if you do what you really want to do, you know, you take a chance. Why not? That's what the fourth season was because it was likely going to be the last season. They moved it to Friday night, all that kind of stuff. They knew it, you know. So well, let's do this stuff. And and it was it was so much fun. It was so much fun, most of it, you know. And um, um, I remember thinking, like, uh, what, watching the first few episodes of this, the first couple podcasts of the of season four, thinking like, wow, I wish – this kind of thing would have been the feel from the get go, you know, because yeah. it's so much fun, you know. And, and um, I think that's where Enterprise suffered from. I, you know, it, it direction just kind of didn't didn't seem like they, you know. And we talked about this early on. They didn't really want to do a show right after Voyager, and they just kind of jammed. You know, the studio wanted it, the networks wanted it, and they just wanted them to do it right away. Let's just pump out more Star Trek, and um. And they had their ideas, and it was just kind of a conflict, and it just kind of never seemed like Enterprise got on track in the first three seasons. It just kind of just the direction wasn't there, what they wanted to do or how they wanted to go about it. Um, and you know, I think at least with Manny Cotto, who who was a huge Star Trek fan, just, you know, when he got the reins, he was just like, okay, this is probably gonna be the last season. Let's just do all these really fun fan episodes, and 
um, it, it, it was a lot of fun this fourth season. Yeah, so let's talk about this series as a whole. Um, I'm interested to know, you know, your memories of the show, and now that you've watched it again, uh, if those, you know, is it, was it better, worse, same than what you expected? I respect it more now. I respect um, the acting, the characters, um, the you know the place what the you know where enter where the show Enterprise fits in the Star Trek universe. I think I respect it a little bit. I respect it more now. I have a more appreciation for for those stories and those characters than I did at the time because um, I think at the time I just kind of felt like a little bit let hollow. I wasn't it was wasn't what I expected and it just didn't feel well, like and the third season didn't feel like Star Trek to me when I first watched it. Um, mm -hmm. but I feel but I definitely feel differently now. I have a lot more respect for, you know, I, I think we can all, you know, to Paul the character to Paul was a great character. She did an awesome job playing it. All the actors were really good. Um I just think I think still the problem I think the problem with the show is what I said earlier. It just lacked a cohesive direction about what they actually wanted to do with it. Yeah, well, if you, if you think of it as the studio insisted, hey, we want another Star Trek show. Um, and even then, which they, they gave in, and then they had something that was maybe a little bit more unique idea. You know, Braga has talked about, they even toyed with the idea of spending the first season or large portion of it building the ship on not leaving Earth until the end of the first season or something. That would have been very different, and then, then the the studio said, "No, no, no, we want a ship space a ship show yeah, get you can spend the pilot if you want, but they need to be in space right um so these first couple of seasons um, they felt like they were made by a bunch of people that had been making Star Trek for fifteen years, and they 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 felt like rehab there was a lot of stuff that felt like rehashed even when it was good, even when it was good uh Dear Doctor, I think is a fantastic episode, um, but it's it's asking questions about the Prime Directive, and we've seen we had seen plenty of other Star Trek episodes do that. So even when it was good, um, it was still it still didn't have any kind of a you know uh, there was there was nothing high concept or you know about it that that was different. Um, you know, but I think you can. You could say, well, it's a prequel show, but that doesn't really mean anything when it comes down to watching each individual show, right? Mm -hmm. um, season three, you can say something. You can say it's it's the first seasonal-long arc of Star Trek, and that is mostly true, but there's still – it's still not – I mean, it's not like seasonal – it's not serial by what we would mean when we say serial today. You know, they were still pretty well standalone, but within a seasonal arc, you know, it was kind of like – the last 10 episodes of DS9, but instead of 10 episodes, it was, you know, 24 or something, 22. Um, so they had an idea of that, but then the episodes for me weren't all that good and they had to change their characters like Archer. He had to be, he went in, they had to take the character in a direction that was not very interesting to me and, or, you know, whatever. But season four, season four, they had their own thing going on that was Enterprise, you know? It was uniquely Enterprise. The good stuff in Season 4, the majority of Season 4 is uniquely Enterprise. These, these shows 
I think you really couldn't have done. Um, the the soon stuff. I don't really see that episode working, even if you didn't like it here. I don't think you could do it at all on the on the other shows. It's it's hard for me to imagine. The Vulcan stuff, same kind of thing. Um, so, I'm I'm in complete agreement when you say, I wish. I I wonder what the show would have become had they had season four been season one. Um, but that's not what we got. Um, so, you know. I appreciate it for what it is, and I appreciate for a lot of there are a lot of technical things about this show that are way ahead of any of the other shows um, that in a way have have allowed it to survive better you know uh, i mean it, it it looks like a modern show in a sure. way that none none of the other series do that won't be true in a couple of months when discovery launches I'm sure <laughs> it's going to be like that but um, there are a lot of technical things about this show um that I can appreciate now that I that I couldn't then. Um, so there's enough. Like I'm glad I'm glad that we have this show. Um, it may still be my least favorite Star Trek, but it, it is Star Trek, and I enjoy it, and I'm glad that we have it. I think it went before its time. I think I would have loved to have seen just one more season. Um, just to well, see what's what well, It was interesting to talk, um, listen to Manny Cotto talk about like what they wanted to do in season five. It was just like, man, that would have been like a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I remember there was talk of Shran being a full-time crew member. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Combs being a, a regular cast member. Well, Hard I mean, you know that, that worked, but that could have been neat. Well, we talked about it in. Terra Prime, they're gonna there were gonna be more storylines into the Terra Prime movement. Um, they were gonna delve more into um, Thirty One. They're gonna delve more into the Romulan. You know, they were gonna try to do more with the Romulans. Just um, it sounded like a lot of cool stuff that they were gonna do about how kind of how the Romulan War might have started. Just you know, just a lot of the ideas that he floated out there sounded like yeah. they would have been a lot of fun. Uh, and then, Steve, uh, I think we, I think we kind of mentioned that even the actors were kind of starting to get into the groove in season four. We talked about, um, yeah, um, yeah, just kind of, yeah, it's disappointing. It Anthony be. Anthony Montgomery, um, 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 and uh, Park Linda Park. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about both of them during uh, the Demons Terra Prime discussion. Um, you know, they've. They've come a long way. They're they're better actors here than they were at the beginning, and uh, it, yeah, it would have been nice to see them get more stuff to do in the next the next season. Um, yeah, Steve, yeah. do you go ahead? Uh, oh, I think go you said ahead. they were going to do more more mirror episodes too. They had the idea for doing mm-hmm. that. Steve, do you have any kind of just series wrap up here? Like, how how do you feel about it now versus then? How 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 does it fit into the other shows? For yeah, you? it's a, you know on a personal level, it feels kind of there's kind of a nostalgia thing, and I think it's that you know that 18 year run of constant Trek, and I really didn't I didn't really get into Trek until some like maybe I don't know early next gen, like second third season. I really started getting into it. I'd watched a little bit of original series in reruns. Uh, in the early 80s because my dad was into it. But, you know, so 18 years, I mean, I grew up on this stuff. So there was a nostalgia feeling like this was the end. And, you know, it, it, it when this series was over, that was it. And, and it's, well, for television, it's still it until a few months from now. But um, 
so that was kind of on a personal level what I feel about the series. So it was kind of an, it was kind of a weird thing for me. Um, as far as trying to be kind of objective about the series, we've already talked about. I mean, I, you know, I I agree with most everything you guys have said about the the where the series, you know, felt kind of like same old, same old. I'm not I'm not even sure. A, you know, they could have put out something that would have lasted seven seasons. No matter if it was the best concept on the planet, and being a Star Trek show because it's just so much time with the same creators and the writing and it's just so hard to do it's so hard to keep it fresh unless you turn over an entire bunch of people you know new people doing it and with an idea that somehow magically worked in the context of the canon but was something entirely fresh i mean it's people just get tired of stuff you know and um i think i think it's also for me not that I know a great deal about television history and like I watch a lot of series or anything, but I do think it kind of is a, an interesting point in television history because we, we see that, that season-long arc, more or less, of season three, which was new for Trek, and then the miniseries kind of things in season four. And, and in a little bit of a way, it was a little bit of ahead of its time. You know, it's like it's, it falls in this funny place in, in television history and syndication history where yeah. – Let's you know we got to experiment. We got to do new things. We got to do this kind of stuff. So they're they're fighting an uphill battle. You have this the same the same creative group doing this, trying to stay fresh, but trying to work within the confines of a concept. Where we're saying nope, really, still got to be a ship out in space. You got to be Star Trek, and we're doing this kind of thing. But things are changing. We got to keep it interesting. Got to keep it going. It's really hard, you know. And overall, given the the timing of it and the constraints they had, they they you know it's a it's a pretty decent job, you know and I'm glad it exists, and uh, some of it better more than others. But it's um, it's a very it's a very interesting time, you know, this where this series fell in, in the you know history of television and the history of Star Trek. This is always interesting to me. Scott Bakula is in my all-time favorite season season series-ending episode, and my least favorite. <laughs> oh, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. Quantum, yeah. Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. That that series. That series ender was my my all time favorite series ender, and obviously, we we know how I feel about Enterprise's series ender. So it's just kind of a weird weird. Um, well, book interesting because if I recall correctly, the Quantum Leap series ender, they didn't know for sure that that was going to be the end. They uh, left they, it because they were hoping to have another season still. They wrapped it up pretty good. I mean, it's been years and years since I've seen it. I should go back and watch that series. I you know watching the interviews last night, Bakula said he actually. Enterprise was actually the longest series that he was ever on. It was one hour longer than Quantum Leap. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how long he's been on the um, CSI Louisiana, but um, well, North. Oh, um, it's going to be interesting too. Now that we've completed Enterprise and we're going to be starting the original series in a couple of weeks, uh, because Enterprise takes place before the original series. So you know, chronologically, it's the first time I've ever watched it kind of chronologically. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But that said, folks. When our next podcast posts, Star Trek turns 50. Our next podcast posts on the 50th birthday of Star Trek. Holy crap, crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are so excited to be starting the original series. Um, I haven't watched it in a while. And I'm personally very excited to play it. Uh, I'm hoping to play at least at least some of the episodes, the more action-y ones probably, for my five-year-old son. Um Steve, is your uh, spouse on board, or is this Enterprise it? I don't know. Uh, I think I think the uh, having a newborn is going to be an yep. uh, issue here. That's what happened to me. My spouse watched all of DS9 with me, and then <laughs> that was when the, the baby was born. And um, 
nope, nope on next gen and uh, enterprise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited about uh, the original series. I really I really am, and I'm very excited to for our 150th episode of our podcast uh, to be kicking off the original series. I'll I'm definitely. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the remastered ones. I'm excited because I haven't seen the remastered versions. Yeah, yeah, at all, right? No, no, I haven't seen them yet. Oh I mean, yeah, like, yeah. When we, we kicked this off, start. I decided to wait because I figured eventually we'd be doing. Yeah, I wanted. I want. I planned for us to talk a little bit about how, how what we were planning to watch in uh, in two weeks, but this episode is so ungodly long <laughs> that uh, we're not going to do that. We need. We need to wrap up. But we'll, we will talk about that next time. So anyway. Um, if you're still with us, wow, you're a trooper. And uh, we will be back in two weeks when Star Trek turns 50. Oh, my God. So thanks again for spending more than an hour with us. And uh, if you've been with us since the beginning of Enterprise, wow, thank you. Um, and if you've been with us since before that, even more of a thank you. Um, so let's see, you can uh, follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Trek Companion. Our Twitter handle is at Trek Companion. And you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks again and take it easy. Bye, guys. See you. I passed it.